cause I get the sense that you might really love her This text gon' be evidence This text is evidence I try to ration with you No more is a crime of passion But damn You was out of reach all right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producers, fit of the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. All right, so um, so that's my thoughts. We'll we'll continue to uh, talk about this week with Denver. We'll get the cover. I mean, that's a big one playoff game coming against H Town. They took a loss against Jacksonville. A um, couple other. What do you got? Well, I mean, on that one, if you're going to other games, the Colts slide into that picture. Yeah, the Colts are there currently right now. Uh, you know, we when we did win totals, they were projected at six and a half uh, wins or six wins or something. I took the over based off their defense. Um, but they find themselves, if playoffs would end today, they would be in the last wild card spot. Now, granted, they're, they're sitting at six and five right now, too, saying what's different, but you get into conference matchups and and that but when you look at the schedules remaining for the Colts and Denver you know sit Cleveland it's all going to play itself out in general but if it ended today if the playoffs ended today uh they would get that final spot now the crazy thing about the Colts which I didn't have it on the docket but now that you bring them up is this uh Shaq Leonard situation you know they made a decision to go ahead and release him over the holiday weekend now the crazy the Colts organization is just great I mean Ursay, which I didn't even get. I'll get to that sometime this week. His real, pe- uh, real sports piece. I mean, he's th- th- threatening to sue first. Take on fastball. I mean, it's going to happen to all of us as we get older. I, I assume, but uh, they have him at the game yesterday. Uh, you know, speaking of Leonard, they put him a little tribute up in the. I mean, he's still now credit to Leonard. He still passed out over two, three hundred some turkeys. You know, he does stuff like so. He took it. I do think the timing. He says that it kind of surprised him. I think the timing might have surprised him, but I do believe that this is one of those things behind closed doors. He's been telling like, hey, if y'all, because this is he's got multiple back surgeries, but this is a lack of just snaps and opportunities because Zaire Franklin and the other gentleman has been out playing. You know, they've been doing very well, so he's going to visit the Dallas Cowboys. Um, speaking of Leonard, he's supposed to de- visit them tomorrow or something like that. We'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, Philly's been rumored to him. I mean, they went in on everybody. Other team, Denver might take a look at him, but he's going to de- he's going to visit the uh, Cowboys tomorrow. Uh, but there's, but yeah, but Houston, you know, they, you know, I'm still amazed at what they're doing. I think Jacksonville was one of those games they had to win. You know, Houston did them dirty in Duval, so that was their second time playing. So they had to come back. Uh, and coach uh, coach him up and get this W on the road in H-Town. What do you got? And it's something that it, it, with consistency in terms of coaching, um, if they keep the coaching crew together, uh, in Houston, the receivers will learn this. Mm-hmm. But when C.J. Stroud is back there running for his life with his eyes downfield, mm-hmm. just get open. Because you ended up having to kick a 58-yarder to try it because you couldn't pick up 10 yards. Five yards. Anything helps in that situation. And the the, the best quarterbacks, you can look at your Mahomeses, and I, of course, I I like to always look at Lamar Jackson or even the good old Ben Roethlisberger. Wide receivers work with, and and, and for a large part, Russ, when he was in Seattle, the receivers got open or found space because there is space down there. Well, you just got to find space. And I know he's got a very young wide receiving crew. Yeah, though. I yeah. would like to see them. Th- I, I hope that's something on film this week is just that scramble drill. It'll come in time. I, I think right now, regardless what happens with the Texans, the remainder of the season, they're ahead of schedule. Uh, they've done very well. 
Uh, wasn't projected to win a lot of games. You know, rookie head coach. Didn't really know what we had in C.J. Stroud. Now people talking possibly MVP, even into this. Whatever happens to them, they're ahead of schedule. That's the way I look at it. That's my opinion. I look at teams and where they're at, what they've been through, what's the time frame on the coach and everything else where I determine, like, really that this is who they're going to be. I mean, they're only going to get better. But go ahead. Uh, really, while we're there, uh, you look at potential coach of the year conversation, too. Do, yeah. do you think it's more impressive to do what you're doing uh, in Houston with a rookie quarterback, a first-time head coach, or 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 the the Sean Payton in Denver starting off one and five, losing momentum, turning around a season. Uh, what do you think that the voters even would look at as more impressive? If the season ended today, prior to that game being played on Sunday, I, I would still lean toward a rookie coach and rookie quarterback um, because. Even I mean, when Denver was one and five, I knew that they were eventually going to be respectable. Did I think they were going to run five off? No, no one did, except if you're in that locker room and playing with them. And I'm not. I'm just narrowing. And, and like I said, they're a team I have interest in. Um, but I would just still say it's more impressive with a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach. Because that's a double whammy. I mean, Sean's been doing this for a long time. Russ is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I mean, quarterback. So it looked bad. I do think it's coaching, but I do feel this is a game Sunday that's going to go into that, that narrative, that coach year. Because right now, other than those two, I don't know who else we could be talking about. Um, I really don't. Uh, you know, we've got five games left. I mean, it's 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 some football left to be played, but that's but the answer to be fair, that's what I would think. I mean, if I had to vote, it's still impressive, but it's a big game this Sunday. Um, the also, um, I touched on a little bit, but the Saints, man, I, that Carr is he's getting exposed, man. He cannot put two years back to back good anywhere. This is a disappointment so far. Uh, they're probably, you know, put themselves. I mean, the division, I mean, they're going to maybe let Atlanta come out the back door. Uh, six and a half furlongs back and maybe have an opportunity if Arthur Smith can continue to remember how to use B. John Robinson uh, and his weapons that they drafted. He kind of got a glimpse of that yesterday against the Saints. The, the Saints are one of the biggest disappointments in the league this year, bar none. I mean, they've got some time to get around, but Derek Carr is getting exposed. Hell, there's a video floating online. You got Jameis Winston reciting rap lyrics uh, during the game uh, to Derek Carr on the sideline. I mean, it's just bad. And again, you take one building out of the one guy in the building <laughs> everything starts to crumble I mean it was still something left there even after Drew B's left uh but very and we talked about this Jonas and I talked about this beginning of the season we had Dennis Allen was one of those guys that kept coming up potentially on the hot seat and therefore it's it's rightfully so um Eagles before we leave the NFL scene Eagles you know they continue to find ways to win I mean now they're 10 and 1 or 9 and 1 um nasty weather props to the kicker for hitting that i mean you know i'm not gonna sit there and say that's adam viteri and, and eight inches of snow uh but that was bad inclement weather kicking that field goal from that distance with win a lot of credit and again i'll keep saying this i know it sounds like repetitive radio but philly's roster is just better than everybody else except maybe one team in the league in the 49ers uh when healthy so jalen hurt and i'll keep saying jalen hurts is hurt He's not. Jalen Hurts is hurt. He, when you see him run, when you see him scramble, it is a microcosm of even just a little bit, a fraction of what we saw last year. He is hurt. So credit to him trying to push through. Uh, but Buffalo, once again, you know, come up short. They're six and six. Uh, sometimes when you get in it, like I said, 
It's a thin line between a groove and a rut. And Buffalo is, you could look at this, they could still be grooving, but some 12 men on the field on a game we didn't kick off, kick the turn. Yes, you can't blame yesterday on Josh Allen. Okay. Defense couldn't really get a stop. They're missing Leslie Frazier. Um, and, and, and you got to wonder where they go from now, uh, sitting at six and six. Um, but there's some other things that we'll get to as the season, like I said, tomorrow. I want to transition into the NBA and basketball because we haven't been on since Thursday, since last Wednesday. Um, and in my backyard, I mean, other than that, you know, the Nuggets has been struggling until they got a chance to play the Spurs. That's why I said in the opening, this might be what the Denver Nuggets, you know, pretty much doctor ordered to play the San Antonio Spurs that was riding a long game winner, the active longest losing streak in the NBA right now, it seems like. Um, but. I want to go back to Wednesday um, that got national attention. Um, I can only imagine if it was a national televised game. What is what's it? It wasn't. Uh, but the game where the Clippers are playing the Spurs, Kawhi Leonard's back in town. And why Kawhi Leonard is at the free throw line. Okay. Coach Popovich decides to grab the microphone and tell everybody, grab the mic. First of all, I'm looking like, damn, y'all just going to give him the mic like that. Like, nobody questioned him. Like, what are you doing? I mean, if you go look at Bill Land's face, I mean, he just, Sean even gives him a look like, what are we doing? And the free throw in the middle of the game, like he's at some gym and we got six AAU basketball games going on, or we at some hoop it up tournament or some round ball ruckus tournament. And he decides to grab the mic and tell the fans to stop booing because that's not what we're about here. And then basically he shoves his hands down like an 80 year old grandpa told you to turn that damn music down. It just turns his hands down and walks away. Uh, first of all, now in real time when this happened uh, and I had to digest this, I'm like, first of all, why now? First of all, the booze weren't even that loud, okay? If you go look back at the video and audit, the booze weren't even that loud. They got louder the, the, after that. Well, no, and, and credit, to the, credit to the home fans because they've been anemic for years. I mean, there, there's not a true home court advantage in the AT&T, or excuse me, the Frost Bank Center. It's not. It barely was like that even when they were winning titles. So this had nothing to do about them having been winning. It's just the fan base, the real diehard Spurs fans that are loud and obnoxious and can, you know, going back to the Hemisphere Arena or whatever, they just can't afford to go to the games anymore. If we're going to keep it 100. But to have the nerve for the ones that pay to say stop booing. When this happened in real time, I'm thinking like, first of all, why now? They've been booing this man since he left. And not only that, I had a problem with it because you're telling them to stop booing, which I'll give you the other angle after the cooler heads prevailed. I really started thinking about this after sleeping on it. But the truth of the matter is you created this narrative. You created the situation of how the fans down here feel about Uncle Dennis and how they feel about Ka Kawhi Leonard. You created that. So now years later, and, and to me, I look at it as a form of kissing his ass. And then you got the Popovich apologies, which I think even some of the diehard pop fans had a problem with this. So you've got some of the pop fans like, oh, well, hey, man, you know, he's trying to recruit. Maybe he's trying to kiss, you know, Kawhi to come in. You are going to kiss. I posted on Facebook. You want to kiss his ass now? You want to kiss his ass now? 
before you sent the goons after him and talking about questioning whether he was really hurt or whatever, but you're going to tell a fan base that you created the narrative about Kawhi Leonard and Uncle Dennis, and you have the audacity to sit there and tell them not to boo this man. When after the dust settled, and I started thinking about it, a lot of this, I believe, yeah, it was toward Kawhi, but Pop been hearing these mummer of boos at the last couple home games because of the way they're playing. And I think he used Kawhi Leonard as a Lee Harvey Oswald patsy to go ahead and get his narrative that that's not what we do down here because he's been hearing the boos by the way the team's playing. They ain't nobody. Uh, first of all, I've been on the record. You can go check the podcast when we talked about the win total. I didn't have this team as a playoff team this year anyway. And when the win total came out, I remember telling Jonah, it's low for a reason. Be careful. So this ain't really about the wins. It's about this whole situation. It looks like there's a lack of coaching going on every night. But before I, you know, like Jonas wants me to do it. Hey, well, come and call for a job. Come no, what I am going to do is that's why I opened the show is where the hell is the trust fund baby? AKA Peter Holt Jr. There is nobody in their mama, even the ones that knew Wimby was going to lose some games. He, he was 19 years old. This is the youngest team in the league. Nobody had them with only two wins on the season. Nobody. And I'll say that in my key sweat voice. Nobody. 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 And then the embarrassment continues. And then first of all, before I move on that, and then the explanation in the post game. Oh, uh, you know that old saying in sports, don't poke the bear. That was the most, that right there lets me know either he had an outer body experience and basically just said, hey, I don't, I can't believe I did. Like sometimes when you think things and you're around people, but what you're thinking blurts out of your mouth, but you didn't mean to come out. That explanation about don't poke the bear. I'm sorry. What was it a five point game? Was it a one possession game and Kawhi was struggling and you don't want to piss off Kawhi because you don't want him to go off in the fourth quarter? Is that the poke the bear? Also, what that told me in that little moment in his mindset, he believes because the city, the media and the Spurs Sports and Entertainment has given him the right to think that he can control everything under the sun when it comes to the silver and the black. Off the court and on the court, and now you're controlling fans and telling them, which booing has been a part of sports forever. There's certain guys that will leave cities and team. Uh, LeBron James, they burned his jersey, okay, because of the decision. If LeBron James doesn't come back home to Cleveland and bring them a title, they still be booing. A portion of fans would still be booing LeBron James to this day coming back to Quicken Loans Arena. It happens in sports. So to me, it was an embarrassment. And even some of the pop, you know, lovers on a national, it was a, there's an article written in New York Post about it, about the egotism. It's, it's just crazy, but it's ownership. There's no accountability. There's nothing. So keeping it moving, let's get to the other bears. Besides, we talk on the, on the court, what's going on. Report surfaces Saturday that are Friday night, that Wimby's jersey 
has a misspelling on the back of his jersey. Now, Jonas and I had a conversation off air over the weekend about who's responsible, who's for that. Now, the NBA, when they go through these new uniforms, the, 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 you know, the tournament uniforms and all that, the league determines that every team, when you have a design or whatever, okay, here's your jerseys. We're going to send you the wager. We're going to send you multiple jerseys. It is up to the team person and the team organization or team equipment manager to put the names on the back of the jersey. They spelled his name wrong. Now, you can sit there and say, oh, Calvin, what has to do? And no, I'm not blaming that on Pop. But at the end of the day, it's not a good look. And, and considering you couldn't treat one guy, one franchise player, eat a little cheese in the right way. This is a 19-year-old young man who basically all this is, is in the perfect situation still, I believe, in the market, in the city. But you're going to – and he called me and just said, hey, I, I couldn't believe it. Get his name spelled wrong. If you're on a 10-game winning streak or 11-game winning streak instead of an 11-game, 10-game losing streak, that's, that's laughed at. That's funny. Chuck, chuck it up. But that's not the case. It gets magnified. I want to get to another point when we get back in regards to them. But make no mistake about it, man. It, it, it's... Um, I've said this. It seems like I've said this for years now. Use the word of uncharted territory. For the team on East Houston Street and the silver and black. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing his fifth of the one and twos, today's show. 
was presented by Dosakis, and we have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words: the key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in different flavors. Uh, and don't forget, they still have their Blazing Bloody Mary mix, Michelada mix as well too. But whatever you do, don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Crime. All right. Um, so keeping it moving uh, before we move on from that. So said the thing about the Jersey deal. And then I wake up this morning to come across my radar uh, from another uh, Denver, probably media person who tweeted out that came across my timeline that supposedly their minutes was cut very short with accessible to Wimbiamba. Now, I don't know if he was getting asked certain questions that they opposed to, because if I'm not mistaken, I don't, I don't know if it's still Tom Osborne or who's in charge of the media. Uh, credentials. It's not you mean Tom, Tom James? Yeah, Tom, no, I don't know why I said Tom Osborne. Tom James, yes, I'm sorry. Um, I wasn't there, didn't hear the audio, but I retweeted because, it, it, again, it goes with the question that I asked uh, after they drafted him. And leading up to the draft, when I brought up examples of they're not being in this position before uh, with a Tim Duncan or David Robinson, meaning somebody that was going to garner attention and everybody wanted a piece of them uh, from, you know, the media, not just here locally, but abroad. And, and my thing is, is that that's another example. I don't know what took place, but um, it's like, are you adjusting to the fact that there are media people that are going to want to talk to him and have more attention than what may be their custom. And just full transparency, the Spurs have always done things their way when it comes to handling the media locally or nationally. So again, these are all things I believe that are magnified um, when you're losing like this. Now, last night's game with the Nuggets, um, they, you know, they were competitive. They were more competitive. Uh, they didn't give up. I mean, you know, the NBA is a game of runs anyway. So, I mean, if you get up on a team by 25, 30, I mean, depending on what that what juncture of the game that that happens is you're going to have some type of runs where there's just human nature that a team, especially a team that's the defending champs that they let up a little bit. Now I know Joker after the game said Wimby was going to change the game. I know Djokovic was very impressed with him. Uh, he had a decent stat line. I mean, this has nothing to do what the Spurs are going through right now have nothing to do with Wimby. In my opinion, this has to do with there's a lack of a face and there's bad ownership right now. It is. It's bad ownership. Because at the end of the day, there's conversations, I believe, that need to be had in the organization in regards to what direction we're going. Are we handling this youth the right way? That needs to be happening over the head of Coach Popovich, and they're not taking place. Okay? They're not taking place. It's what, and, and I think what's even more glaring, and I'll keep sticking to this, is this Sohan experiment. The risk is not worth the reward, man. It, it's, it's like when you're talking about you have to try to build a winning culture 
Like, if I've got a choice, it's either, hey, Denver's gotten hotter than fish grease and they're going to ruin the top three, top four pick again this quarterback, or learning how to win with guys that I thought in that locker room only knew how to lose. Which one I'm going to choose? I'm going to choose try to get the winning culture first. Hey, if we get lucky to have move up, trade up to get a quarterback or get him in the second round. Right now, there is a, lo- a winning organization – that hasn't always been that way, but for the last 20 years, a plus, a little over 20, a winning organization is turning into a loser mentality and a loser organization. They're learning how to lose and accept losing more than winning. Go ahead. I think it's unfair to accept, tell you that they're learning how to accept losing because it seems like it. You can see you know, in game, after game, pre game. Uh, off-day media sessions, you can see it weighing on them. Um, a lot of the talk that you hear is that they're starting, they're they're getting better. All right, we're we're not they're not, and this is from their perspective, we're not losing as as badly. We're figuring things out. Uh, when you step back and look at the box scores, I understand it's difficult to see, especially the third quarters. I mean, third quarters, it's, it's just rough, and they haven't played third quarters well in the last few years. Um, but the last few games, I mean, you get past the thirty-point beatdown. Um, you lose to the Clippers on the you know the second on the end of that, where I went into break thinking that might have been where they pick up that that win. Uh, they played them closer, lost by seven, lose by six to the Warriors. You keep the Nuggets starters in there till the final what minute thirty of the game because you're making it interesting. Uh, they are putting piecing it together now. You want to get ready for some more booze in San Antonio. I'll be interested to see what the approach is on Thursday when DeJounte Murray comes back to town. Uh, he left on not good terms. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the one home game that he had, they they took the Hawks to Austin uh, last year instead of letting him play in San Antonio. Uh, so you've got the Hawks on Thursday before you go take another trip to the Pelicans in Houston. But I, I don't think uh, any booze is coming the way of San Antonio besides Kawhi Leonard. I don't know how many visits he's got left back here this year or whatever. I, I think any booze that becoming on that is going to be more booze toward the team or more booze of people upset, tired with pop doing that. How do you separate the two? It, well, I can tell you right now, DeJounte Murray, it's not even close with the venom for Kawhi Leonard for DeJounte. I know DeJounte had his little thing on Twitter and went back to Spurs. DeJounte didn't win a title here. DeJounte wasn't named finals MVP. Nobody dragged DeJounte Murray's sister through the mud like they did Kawhi Leonard's down here and the family. Nobody, nobody drug DeJounte's uncle through the mud like most fans you know, did down here. Um, so no, I, I don't think there's going, any booze. That I'm because I heard him before Kawhi Leonard Wednesday. I started to hear him, and because that's why I think part of that Kawhi was used. Because part of that is that Pop knows what's up. Like he's not accustomed. It's not like this isn't what we're about. It's just you aren't accustomed to hearing basically booze. And so those boos became louder because yeah, Kawhi Leonard was in town, and this team's on a double digit losing streak. And again, nobody had them with only two wins at this point in the season. Not too many people had them a play. No one really had them a playoff team. But nobody, and everybody knew Wimby was going to take his lumps. But nobody had them two in the way they're losing. So when you say it's weighing on them, maybe from the players, because it don't look it like, it doesn't look like that on the head coach or the coaching staff. 
because I still see hugging after the games. I still see the press conferences, like, hey, their efforts or whatever. I still see that, the handshake and the smile. And so it, it for the players, maybe, you know, for because honestly, other than Wimby, they've all got used. They've all been losing. Vassell's been losing a lot. Keldon is losing a lot. Keldon's still making mistakes at certain points. I mean, yeah, his box scores, I refuse just to look at Keldon from a box score standpoint. I look from a leader standpoint. And God forbid if he doesn't hit his first two or three point shots, he tries to make a night. He hit those, he's going to be all right. He misses those, it ain't nothing. He's, he's, he's getting cardio out there. So I totally disagree with the fact of his getting to them, maybe to the player, maybe to Wimby, but not to this coaching and coaching staff. Okay? So, um, you know, I'm going to stick with the theme as I did early in the first hour in regards to you don't judge. And I, and I don't think any Spur fan that's angry with this, this is not like a one year. You're talking about a buildup, whether this is the first time they rebuild, they haven't done this. This is a buildup of four or five years, man. But I'm going to stick with the theme and say, okay, look, because this has nothing to do with Wimby. This has everything to do is the message is 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 there a fire and a message like I see uh, I know one of uh, my former colleagues I did TV with a shout out to Hector Ledesma. I see this tweet going around where it's like Manu and whoever's at practice today. Yeah, Brian Wright, um, of course, the GM, the, uh, GM and then some assistant coaches. That don't tell me nothing. Don't tell me nothing. They can get the ice, man. They can get to, it doesn't tell me anything. At some point, you know, you don't stay young forever. I mean, you're young, but as, even if you're young, each day in your life, you grow up. So when you're a young team, there's experience and stuff that you got to go through. Eventually, the young excuse cannot be written with this team through the course of whole 82. It's just not. Now, we can have a benchmark. I know me and you talked this personally. You said, hey, give me to the All-Star break. Let's see. But I could tell you out of all the things we're talking about, the one thing I think that if you're really paying attention to them and you're really paying and you know basketball, the one thing that is chapping a lot of hide off of when it comes to whether it's the pop and trust is this point guard situation with Sohan. And the thing that even makes it worse, I was having talking to my dad about you've spent all these years and what is the jazz of the world and everybody else. What have we been complaining about? How many guards are going to take? How many guards are you going to draft? You went all this time drafting these guards and we're running a weird science doc Marty McFly experiment with a guy that has never played point guard at any level. And one thing you said over the week that I agree, if anything's taken away from the team, it's so on ain't happy with this. I can tell you that right now. He's going to tote the line, but the, I've, I've listened to Sean Elliott enough. I've listened to Bill Land enough, and I can listen to enough telecasts where they keep dropping gems about, you know, so on being patient with the show. This is a different era, and I'm telling you, that move right there is a lifetime contract experiment move. And it ain't paying. There ain't no game that we can see that, oh, it's getting better. And you know what it's doing? It's taken from the fact they drafted Sohan for same thing I said when they got Kawhi Leonard out of San Diego State. Upgrade from a, a, a poor man, Bruce Bowen. We, no one knew. Uh, I watched Kawhi Leonard a lot of Saturday nights at San Diego State under, uh, under Fisher, head coach of San Diego State. Former Michigan. Nobody knew Kawhi was going to come into an offensive player like this, but he put in the work. When they went to Baylor to get Sohan, what did I kept saying all this? They need to draft people that like to play defense. Sohan hit a couple threes. He dyed his hair a couple times, and he played defense at Baylor. No point guard. 
And this is what happens when you get some of the icons that think they're the smartest number in the room. Uh, let's go to Foxborough and Bill Belichick. I've been in defending Bill Belichick to the nauseam. I still sit there and say, hey, I'm still going to give the slight for who's responsible, more Bill, more Tom. You know what Bill is doing because he's up there and he's in old age? Look out this whole Zappy and Mac Jones situation. You know why it takes Bill Belichick until the second, third quarter when he's looking over there and he wants to bent Mac Jones then? is because he doesn't want to admit that he made a mistake and that ain't the guy because he drafted him. You're coming off of a bye week, man. Your best situation to start Zappy, but you keep running Mac Jones out there. You know what the similarity is? When you get accomplished and you get older, you're set in your ways and you think you're smarter than everybody. Because if I look at everything, that is the thing that is pissing me off the most because it makes no more sense and the risk ain't worth the reward. Because you might lose this team and you might lose from the standpoint. It's like, hey, I don't want. We look in the NBA where guys get their ass kissed all the time when they don't want to play the two, the three. Organizations go out of the way to like, okay, man, well, let's let them move here. We got one ball. We are taking a young guy that I said that out of Sohan, uh, Vassell and Wimby before we tipped this off in October I said those are three dudes that are untouchable so one of those dudes we're taking and making him miserable because Pop thinks man if I could just have everybody the average silver six five four paper that could work good is miserable so I'm going to take a page out of Mr. Clark because he put it on the all-star break number I don't know where this win streak ends I know before we left you thought it would end the second game with the Clippers it was close I will say that. And, and, and that's, they turned the, I, I do feel like, again, you look at the box scores, because that's what we judge, we judge by results. You lost by what, 28 points in the game one against the Clippers? Again, I just gave off the differences, what, seven, six, nine. And then those are against the Warriors, Nuggets, and Clippers. It's not like you just played the Magic. Uh, the the I mean, the Pacers are kind of so. If I out. had to ask you, and you had to be honest with me, based off of you going back to that number there, the one thing you will say to miss all this losing, pop grabbing the mic, people wanting pop fired out of all this in Jonas's eyes, Jonas sees the one improvement he sees through this whole is the effort. Is that what you're trying to say? Because other than that, I don't know where else you're going. But I I'll have to if you say that, I'll give you that. But I'm gonna wait to see how long. When does that effort turn into W's? But is that pretty much what you're telling me? Out of all the things through this whole thing, the only thing you can lay on your hat to see you see is basically improvement in effort. I'm seeing that the 40 point deficits, the 30 point deficits are becoming less, and they're lasting for for less time. Now, the, the, the thing that I want to see addressed is coming out of halftime. That's the one thing. If, that, if I had to say one area that I'm going to focus probably the next five games on is how do they come out of halftime? That third quarter deficit, it has to stop because just like teams in the past, the Spurs teams in the past, the last few years, they've battled back. But by, because you've created such a, uh, you dug yourself such a hole to start a game and then you battle back. And then you come out to the second half, and you're so it's slow starts. It's slow start in the first quarter. It's slow start in the third quarter. So you're making adjustments, which good coaching makes adjustments, and good effort makes adjustments. But they're not starting strong, and so those are that's what I'd like to see here. Uh, upcoming games. It's not gonna. It's gonna be tough, man. Again, you got the Clipper. You got the Hawks on Thursday, and that's one of those because Sohan right now is injured. He had knee soreness, so we could maybe see a uh, one of the, one of those famous pop injury reports, 
that we have a designation, okay, for Sohan. So if you bench him on Thursday, and you you then you have to start Trey Jones if he's healthy. Start Trey Jones, and then maybe we can really see because like I told you over the weekend, when that with that rotation, and I saw the stats plus nine on Saturday uh, against opponents when when you have Trey Jones and 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 one beyond the court together, plus nine. And you're losing by 22 to other teams with Sohan on the floor. So if you have to start Trey Jones on Thursday, maybe again that can kind of quell it because it is all about the experiment. The experiment is why this team is losing. And eventually you have to put, you have to stop losing eventually because otherwise you will lose the team. But if you can kind of see that positive and that the, that the team tastes something because Sohan is sore on Thursday. Maybe that's when you see a win. I don't know. Because then you got Pelicans, Rockets. I mean, the Rockets are balling. It's coach. Uh, Lakers, uh, back-to-back against the Lakers, Bucks, Pelicans, everything. The, the the schedule doesn't get easier when you're one of the worst teams I in could, the NBA. I, I, new message, whatever you want to say. I can only imagine Adoka with this same team. Does that mean he's a better coach than Popovich? No, it just means better situation and more modern, and maybe what he's doing and what he's preaching are accountable. He still has the energy to do it. And he's but trying I think, to put skins on the wall still. But but I get that. But eventually skins run out on the wall, just like they're doing up in Foxborough. Um, I, I look, man. It, it's just first of all, again, I think the perfect thing is like, what did what did we spend all these years drafting guards for? And we still Trey Jones needs to be the starter. Trey Jones, as much as I love Trey Jones, Trey Jones is not the stop to be in all. I think they still need to go add a stud point guard to this roster. But if you want to be competitive and turn that competitive and effort into W's, Trey Jones gives you the best option and leaves Sohan where his ass was intended to be when you drafted him. Like, first of all, Richard Jefferson, who I rode his ass paws through out of this city when he was in here, he's doing the play-by-play the other night. And I heard him sit there and say, hey, man, you know, it's a tough transition in your second year in the NBA, let alone trying to learn a position this. My question is, why now? If you had a factuation about tall guards, why not try to convert him last year? I would say, why not now? Why not? Because it doesn't. Because again, last year let him build confidence. Well, first of all, well he ain't built all the confidence. This year is was supposed to be with Pop sit there in media day. Was now it's time to teach him a win. This ain't the time to act like you're on a a damn recruiting trip and you're Calipari and you're asking a high school kid who's basically one. Hey man, you're tall, but I'm gonna I'm gonna recruit you to Kentucky and play point guard. This is the NBA, man. The NBA. But when you're a made man and you got Teflon, you can play experiment all you want. That is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you, the snooze button for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. (laughs) 
Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 